Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We are back with Howard Lickman and Matt Wright, co-founders of the Thick Red Line Project. That's some of the things that we are going to have to be talking about over the next uh the next uh, few years is to to find out how we're going to handle how we're going to handle ourselves if laws are passed that do take away our rights, laws that really should not be passed, laws that we should pre- be protected against. I think one of the things that protects us is that local law enforcement officials cannot be compelled to carry out or enforce federal law. That was a Supreme Court case, Prince versus USA in 1997. And that is when, after the Brady Law was passed, uh, the feds, the FBI, went down to the meeting of the Texas uh, Sheriff's Association and announced, well, you guys are going to be helping us enforce the Brady Law. And they said, no, we're not. And the case went into the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court did decide in Prince versus USA that the that local law enforcement cannot be compelled to enforce federal law, which is one one safeguard, which again comes back to the value of having a constitutional sheriff. It's your last line of defense. Right. Exactly right. And I, I, should, I should point out that Sheriff Richard Mack, the head of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officer Association, is a member of our Board of Advisors. And you can find on our website at uh, www.thickredline.org an interview where uh, Sheriff Mack and myself not just talk about Thick Red Line, but where he lays out the problem of what he calls, you know, taxation through citation which is, you know, local governments using their police department to raise revenue on the population or be act as kind of like highwaymen on the highway and uh, try and fund their operations through the police department. Well, Sheriff Mack was involved in that uh, in that suit. Uh, and actually, Sheriff Mack was a guest on Freedom Forum Radio uh, five or six years ago. And we discuss these very things, and and is an incredible example of what a constitutional sheriff should be. Uh, so, uh, and the that's really what we're talking about here is who is who is going to be who's going to come to the aid to protect the citizens against this kind of uh, government overreach. Well, luckily, what I've seen is I've seen, like I said, I've seen 
sheriffs all around the United States that are willing to say no to these policies. And I think what you're going to have is you're going to you're going to start to see people realize how important it is to have a constitutional sheriff or a thick red line sheriff. And you're going to see people move to those counties and those cities and those states that are willing to protect their citizens, you know, inherent natural law rights. And you're going to see people vacate the states like California and New York and Massachusetts, which is already going on in mass, New Jersey, et cetera. People are leaving and they're peeling out and leaving, you know, burnt rubber in the path as they move to jurisdictions that aren't willing to prey on them like tax cattle. Well, another thing, and I understand that. I mean, that's a good concept. One of the problems from a uh, from a practical point of view is a lot of these people who leave the state in order to seek uh, a more free existence, unfortunately bring with them some of their concepts from the states they left. And it is making it more and more difficult in some of the border states to maintain uh, a elected official base of people who do believe in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and civil liberties. Uh, and so that's an, uh, that's something that we all have to think about. Definitely. But just keep in mind that you can vote with your dollars and you can vote with your free feet. And there are certain places where you're going to be safe and certain places you're not. And one of the best denominators of your safety is, is your sheriff willing to go thick red line? Is he willing to renounce the use of violence on peaceful people? And that really is what we're you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to give people a barometer of is this a good sheriff? Is he willing to, you know, protect us? Is he willing to be a sheepdog or is he a wolf? Well, that's a great way of, of looking at it. And I think one of the concepts that we have discussed in this interview, and I know you believe in, is noncompliance. Noncompliance by citizens with unconstitutional laws and enlisting the help of law enforcement to protect the right to be noncompliant. Uh, yes, I do. And, you know, I mentioned that, we, you know, we were organizing that this came out of organizing resistance in California and in California, um, uh, they were closing the beaches. And, you know, we my, my philosophy is if you want to have effective resistance, you got to make it fun. And you've got to make it fun for people to resist. So we would have beach parties and we would have Liberty bonfires and, uh, you know, we would have events, at people's homes and we'd have free hug events. And after eight weeks, you know, they would, the police would come out every single time and to try and ask us to leave. And every single time we would not leave and we would stand on our natural law, you know, rights. And we would exp explain to the officers that they don't own the beach, that there was never a point in time where the government of Santa Cruz now owned the beach, you know, and uh, uh, we would explain to them natural law and every time they would leave and, and they would, you know, kind of leave us alone. And then after eight weeks, the county health official had to say publicly, you know, in the newspaper, you know, we're abandoning the policy of closing the beaches because the people refuse to be governed in this manner. And so you can beat City Hall. <laughs> you can. We've we've beaten it. And uh, the, the key is, is you really do have to explain a lot of ways the basics of morality and uh, natural law rights to a certain degree 
And most police officers and deputies, they understand that they don't want to be enforcing this. Uh, but the idea is, is you do have to push back. You've got to say no, but hey, don't worry. That can actually be fun because the beach parties that, that, that we ended up having were, you know, all ages and kid friendly. And we had, you know, people playing guitar and people surfing and people, you know, uh, playing volleyball and badminton and having a, you know, a great old time. Uh, exercising their rights. And, uh, you know, I've, it's funny, like, while well, you got half the country that hasn't left their apartment. Um, a lot of people that I met in Santa Cruz told me that flat out they've they've never had such a social life until the year of covid uh, just because. You know, there were so many people around them that were resisting and that, and and they made it fun to do so. Uh, and they stood firm on their natural law rights and said, you guys don't have the ability to do this. And the police officers at some level recognized that and refused to use violence against them. And so, like I said, this came out of the officers saying, hey, we don't want to be doing this. We don't you know, what can we do about it? And it was a little bit of epiphany. You've got to get together collectively um you know you get hammered if you stand up one at a time all you guys got to stand up together and we're gonna we're helping the population support them to stand. so i have a practical question for you okay and i and i understand everything you're doing and how you're doing it to me is is really very very clever and obviously effective uh, but it comes down to having a critical mass of people involved in each thing that you do. Uh, so what happens when you're having a bonfire and a beach party and the police come and there's a fair number of, of law enforcement come and they decide to physically haul you off one at a time? What happens? I don't know because it's never happened to us. So in the eight weeks that I was helping to organize resistance in Santa Cruz, we had eight different events and eight different times the police came out and eight different times we were able to explain our natural law rights and they walked away every time. In one case, they stole one of the guy's cars. They, they, you know, they, they literally uh, uh, like stole his car with a, with a tower uh, you know, but other than that, um, they never, you know, when I was there, they never put anybody, uh, uh, you know, into jail at any of these events. And they always kind of agreed with us when we explained the basics of morality, natural law, and that we had that they, you know, that we had a right to be on the beach. They all understood it. And, and like I said, eight times in eight weeks, eight interactions with the police, um, and every single time they respected our natural law rights and did not use violence against what were peaceful people. You know, we're talking uh, here with uh, Howard Lickman of the Thick Red Line Project. Uh, I definitely want you to go to the website, thickredline.org, thickredline.org. It's an incredible website filled with really important information. Uh, they have uh, police information cards that you can print off and hand to your uh, law enforcement officials, which I think is a great idea. They have a handbook uh, that really explains in detail these entire concepts that we've been talking about. So please go to their website, visit visit their website, thickredline.org. Howard, talk to me about how you're now a national, actually an international organization. 
How are you running that? And tell us a little bit about how you expanded, how you came to be so successful in expanding this concept across the nation and even overseas. Well, first of all, we're, we're the new kids on the block, but the growth has been absolutely phenomenal. And so uh, about a month ago, we did an interview with James Corbett of the Corbett Report, and uh, and he recognized the importance of the idea, almost very similar to the way that you recognized it from your introduction. And he uh, and based on that interview, uh, we were further promoted by everyone from G. Edward Griffin to Anna von Reitz to Foster Gamble to um, uh, Dr. Mercola. And that generated just an avalanche of interest from around the world. And so we have we actually quit doing media for three weeks to beef up our fulfillment and to order more materials. We ran out of materials in 24 hours and uh, we got every all the you know the order satisfied. And we've just been trying to handle the growth. We had a GoFundMe for uh, for ten thousand dollars. We hit that, and now we're uh, we're uh, two thousand dollars. We're twelve thousand dollars into our stretch goal of twenty thousand dollars, and that stretch goal is is allowing us to to really begin to sift through all of the sheriffs that have already said no to either red flag laws or mask mandates or lockdowns. And we're looking for the first couple of sheriffs or police chiefs willing to go thick red line in their department. And we want to make them heroes. We want to showcase them. We want to show that that it can be done. Uh, And we really want to build the intellectual case for people uh, to get this done and, and, you know, demonstrate uh, the benefits, uh, quantify the benefits to different, you know, cities and towns, show them how much enforcement of thick red of uh, victimless crimes is actually costing them in lawsuits and in, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, unintended consequences, unintended deaths, um, you know, bad reputation in, of certain cities and, and riot, even leading to riots and police officers being shot in the street in the case of Louisville, Kentucky. And so we want to, you know, we're, 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 uh, we're growing quickly, uh, trying to manage the growth. Um, I mentioned that we've, we've chartered, or I, uh, you mentioned that we've gone international. We've chartered two of our first international chapters in the Netherlands and in Sweden. And so we're the, we're in the process of having uh, our material translated into Dutch as speak and, and uh, other potential other languages are on the uh, horizon. And so we're, uh, we're looking uh, to uh, continue to expand. And our goal is really to, to be the intellectual thought leader in explaining and quantifying the benefits to communities from getting rid of victimless crime enforcement and really demonstrating how much, uh, you know, unintended consequences these these laws are causing and how much uh, societal and racial division they're they're causing and how much everybody would be better off if they didn't exist. I think your project's incredible, uh, Howard. I, I just was so impressed when I read about it. Uh, several of the things that I like is that you can go to your website and you have these card for cops that you can actually you can download it and you make your own cards for cops. And that is such an effective thing. You can talk to people, you can explain it, and then you can say, look, it's all written down in simple format. And you hand a card 
uh, to a law enforcement personnel and you say, here it is all written down for you. I've talked to you about it, but read this. And if you have any questions, talk to me about it. But mm-hmm. to be able to go to your website, which again, I think is an incredible website, and you can download download these the props that you need to deal with other people. I think that's incredible. You guys are to be congratulated on that. So how about summing up for me and for my listeners, what are the take-home thoughts you want us to have after listening to this interview? Well, really that that anybody can help organize their own community and put an end to these victimless crimes. And what I've no- noticed in, since I started this is I never really realized how many people have been impacted negatively from victimless crimes uh, until I started this. And, you know, friends and relatives and, and people began telling me horror story after horror story of their you know nephew or their son getting swept up into something and having their life ruined you know uh, accidentless uh, I, know, I know a young woman who had two two ten thousand dollar accidentless DUIs one of which she was 0.08 and uh, and one of which she she literally was not driving her vehicle but because, because she realized she had too much to drink but because her key was in the ignition when the officer woke her up, and had her take a breathalyzer, they charged her $10,000 and ruined her life. I have another friend whose father uh, has been in prison in Florida for 27 years for selling half a teaspoon of cocaine to a disgruntled girlfriend in the 80s. And it's it's just the end. And for 27 years, this uh, my friend has not been able to see his father except through, uh, you know, uh, you know, a piece of glass. And and these are the kind of travesties that are going on and anybody in your audience can help us get a, a, an audience with their sheriff can, you know, introduce us to the right sheriff or can help build support for that sheriff by circulating one of our petitions, by uh, downloading the, the handbook as a PDF for free and forwarding it, or we make uh, low cost versions of the handbook and on the, in these cards for cops available over the website, we've got, uh, uh, packs to organize a town, to organize a city, to organize just your local, you know, police or sheriff office or substation. Um, uh, we've got all the tools for you to be successful to uh, to get this, to see this idea take hold in your community, and effectively communicate the benefits to your elected officials, to your sheriff, to your police chief. And to uh, to uh, uh, all the stakeholders and community leaders and religious leaders that that would need to get on board for a change to take place. But anybody can be a community ambassador. We offer uh, regular training programs on Zoom and we offer, you know, tools ranging from the petition to uh, the materials that you mentioned for free on the website, thickredline.org. Well, Howard Lichtman, I want to thank you very much. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you for founding this project. I am wholeheartedly in support of it, uh, and it is the right thing to do. Our our civil liberties and our basic natural law rights and the Bill of Rights are really what separate us from dictatorships. That's how important they are. There, there There is no Bill of Rights in a dictatorship. But right here in this country, we are free as individuals because we do have 
a Bill of Rights. Our challenge is to make sure that our law enforcement and that our legal system and our courts uphold, always uphold, the Bill of Rights. Uh, the Bill of Rights, again, is what separates America from dictatorship. So, Howard Lichtman, thank you again so much for being an incredible guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you, Dr. Dan. It's been a pleasure. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Thank <laughs> you.